Hello, and welcome back to the Off Campus Podcast. This is Lawrence, and today we're back at OT again. Yeah, today I'm joined with three guests. This is our, our boys episode. Um, and so we talk about life and toxic masculinity and family and dating and stuff. It's a really fun episode, um, so stay tuned for that. All right, we're live. We're starting. All right, how do y'all feel? <laughs> Somebody say something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I'm nervous. I'm not sure what's about to happen. Don't be nervous. It's Lawrence fine. didn't tell us anything. You don't need you to can, know. You can ask us anything right now. I can't. Well, I mean, you don't have to say anything. <laughs> I don't know. It's I feel fine. like it's. I feel like it's super chill. Yeah, We're it's really like chill. Like, honestly, I don't know how many people listen to this, <laughs> but it's it's fun. Actually, I feel like more and more people have come up to me and are like, "Oh, I listen to the podcast." Yeah, I feel like I feel like the podcasts are pretty cool. Like uh, Astrology Girls, that one was kind of oh, yeah. fire. That was fire. Oh, yeah, yeah. Me, me and Josh listened to that one in the car. <laughs> oh, on the way to Dallas. Yeah, he, he was get, he was he passed out perms? the whole time. <laughs> oh yeah. my gosh, it was pretty fun. Pretty fun. We're just here for some chill vibes, you know. Yeah, it's just chill. No need to to be scared or anything. How was uh How was y'all's Dallas trip? It was good. I mean, it was literally just like a. Like, drive down Friday night, get a perm Saturday morning, and then drive back right after. Oh, that's literally all y'all did? Yeah. I mean, we got we got dinner with Ethan Hughes. That was pretty fire. Oh, he was, like, back home? Yeah, we, we drove him back. Oh, um, I see, I see. And, and I got to meet Zach's parents-in-law. In-law? Zach's parents. Parents-in-law. Brought the in-law too much. Zach's parents. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. By far the chillest parents I've met in my entire life. Really? Yeah. Dude, one time I met Zach's parents, and this was, like, like peak COVID. And then, like, I was like, oh, hey. And then I, like, reached my hand out to shake their hand. And they, like, took a step back, and they're like, oh, no, no, we don't do that. And I was like, oh, sorry. Dude, like, every time I mention Lawrence, like, my dad is like, oh, is it the dude that tried to shake my hand? And I was like, okay. Dude, I felt so bad. I felt like they were rejecting me. <laughs> so funny. It's kind of funny, though. Anyways. Welcome back to the Off Campus Podcast. I'm joined today by Zach, Andy, and Josh. Let's introduce ourselves. We'll do uh, we'll do name, name, major, hometown. If you could meet any person, living or dead, who would it be? My name's Joshua. I'm a freshman CS major from uh, Houston. And if I could meet anyone, I'd have to say Bill Gates. Because I'm trying to get an internship, and I can't <laughs> find one for my life. So, yeah. Um, yeah, my name is Zachary Chin. Um, I'm a junior electrical and computer engineering major. Um, I'm from Plano, Texas. Um, and if I can meet anyone, I don't really know, dude. Maybe, like, maybe like Confucius. I feel like that'd be pretty <laughs> funny. <laughs> kind of cool, actually, yeah. Uh, hi, guys. My name is Andy. I'm a sophomore CS major. Um, and lately I've been really following the rock, my boy, Dwayne, <laughs> my boy, Dwayne Johnson. Um, he's just an icon. I mean, that's true. That's true. Like, he's got huge muscles. <laughs> he's got like some good taste in tequila, or at least what? I think, wait, wait, pause, Whoa, pause, wait pause, 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 <laughs> pause. I think good tasting tequila. I've actually never had it. Um, I'm not lying. Good. That's the right <laughs> answer. Uh, but on his, I mean, he always posts it on Instagram and it looks so good. And then he posts his cheat days 
And these four inch thick brioche French toasts, like, dang. Um, I'm Lawrence. I'm a senior mechanical engineering major. Uh, I'm from Katy, Texas. Um, maybe Tom Brady. I feel like he, I don't know. I feel like he's like really inspirational. I feel like he's like, like essentially like nobody wanted him going into like the NFL. And now he's like, everyone thinks he's like the greatest of all time now. Right. So it's like, it like shows like how hard he worked and like how he's never like the most talented or anything, but he like, like worked the hardest. And I just kind of want to see like what goes into that and like how you become someone like that. You know what I mean? You know, this dude has had the same Tom Brady jersey (laughs) (laughs) since, like, third grade, bro. Probably. Because, like, I became a Patriots fan, like, I think 2007, when they went undefeated. And then I was, like, seven years old, so I was like, oh, they win every game. Like, why not not be fans of them? And then then I just jumped on the bandwagon. But then they were always good, so there's no reason to get off the bandwagon. So I just always liked them. Talking about how Tom Brady started <laughs> from the bottom. <laughs> but actually, though, but then, but then, like, once I got older, I was like, oh, Tom Brady, like, he's actually cool, you know? But yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> um, yeah, so today, I guess there's like a couple things I want to talk about, but it's like, I guess if y'all want to know what I have planned, I literally only have like three topics. So, like, first one is like kind of like toxic masculinity. Like, how does, I guess, kind of like society, like, like a, a male's role in society or like what society says is like what men should be like and like things like that. And then I want to talk about your relationship with your parents, mainly like, like your dad. Um, Cause I feel like that shapes, shapes a lot about how like the way that we see things and react to things. And then, um, and then like, like dating, I guess. But I realized that like, we're talking about dating, but like, I feel like I invited like a bunch of nerds for this. <laughs> Zach, Zach can talk about it, I guess. Let's go. Well, we'll it'll be fine. We'll figure it out. Hey, red we're, flags. We're just only. a bunch of bachelors. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. We can um, talk about red flags because the astrology yeah, girls. Got we we to do me. need to talk about red flags, but we'll we'll get to that later. Um, I guess we can start with like the toxic masculinity stuff, right? I guess, like, what are you guys's, I guess, views on it or, like, ways that you felt like you've experienced it or anything like that? Can we define toxic masculinity yeah. first? Yeah, sure. So, I literally looked it up yesterday. From what I understood, it's, like, I guess kind of, like, society's expectations for men and, like, how it kind of limits the ways that men can, like, express themselves, kind of, right? So, this is what Google says. is defined by adherence to traditional male gender roles that consequently stigmatize and limit the emotions boys and men may comfortably express while elevating other emotions such as anger. Wait, so is it like the standards being set on guys is like like in the sense of negative towards towards like guys or like negative out of what's coming out from guys, right? Because I always thought ta- toxic masculinity was like, oh, this dude's like a like a Chad and and he's like. <laughs> you know, kind of an abusive dude or whatever, and he just seems, like, super threatening in every way. I think it can mean a lot of things. I think the way I see it is, like, like traditionally, men are, are I guess, especially, like, I've seen it in, like, older generations and, like, um, I guess people that are more, like, quote-unquote traditional, right? Like, I've seen, like, Asian parents who are, like, the dad, like, doesn't help out at home, like, with any chores or anything. And he's like, oh, it's because I'm, I'm the man of the house, Right. 
like i remember i think i was at at some at some some event or something like some potluck and like the guy or the the dad was like or they were all making like dumplings and the dad like wasn't helping at all and he's like oh like i don't he was saying like oh i don't do any of that stuff because i'm like the man of the house right and i think like because like traditionally like that's how like how the masculine role is defined and like it's defined as like oh, man of the house like they do whatever they want the wife does whatever the man says and then like it also like defines like men as like it's like oh like grow up like be a man type of thing right so it's like hard for men to like express emotions and things like that right so it's like it's just like these predefined roles that like guys are kind of like constricted in growing up like this is like what they're taught and like reinforced and so it makes it hard for men to like be themselves and like because this is all they're taught right does that make sense yeah, 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 I get that. Yeah, I can see that. So, are we talking about like male gender roles as like a whole, or like specifically? Because when I think of toxic masculinity, I come at it more of an angle from you don't really men are expected to not show any emotional weakness, essentially, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so they're supposed to portray themselves as strong, confident, and they can't appear as weak, vulnerable. And, you know, like men shouldn't like cry or show all these emotions, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like that is how like I have been like that's how like I kind of think of toxic masculinity or that's mm-hmm. how it's been defined to me. But yeah, so like just to clarify. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely like like a, a big part of it, too. That's kind of like how I see it as well. So I guess like, yeah, it's just like the question could be like more of like how you see toxic 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 masculinity and like how you've experienced it. I think for me, it's kind of like what Annie was saying. Like, it's always hard to, like, show emotion. And, like, I guess even with, like, close friends, it's, like, hard to share things that I'm, like, worried about or stressed about. Because I guess there's, like, some aspect of shame to it. Like, I feel like every time I play one of those, like, like we're not really strangers games, like, th- those type of games, there's always a question. It's like, oh, when's the last time you cried and why? Right. And then I feel like it's always, like, it's always, like, a little bit, like, hard to share. I guess it, it's, like, hard in general because it's, like, being vulnerable, right? But I, I just feel like there's always, like, this aspect of shame to it whenever I share because it's, like, I guess it's just, like, ingrained that, like, oh, like, crying is kind of, like, it's, like, weak and it's, like, shameful, right? And, like, showing these emotions. And so I think in general it's, like, really hard to show these emotions and, like, share them with people and, like, express them, right? And I think another thing is something that I've been thinking about a lot lately is, like, I guess how I receive love from people because I feel like this is also maybe like just a me thing, but I feel like whenever I interact with people, most of the time it's like, it's like neutral or like it's them like flaming me for something stupid. Right. And I feel like even though that's not like always a bad thing, I feel like it comes to a point where like sometimes I'm, I'm just tired of it. It's like hard to feel like cared for by my friends because like all our interactions are us saying stupid stuff or like us roasting each other. But I feel like that's hard to say. It's hard to share with people because cause it's like it's like really vulnerable, I feel like. And also like I don't want like like pity from people. You know, I don't want like people to like start being nice to me all of a sudden because like they feel bad, right? Like I feel like it's like it's just a hard thing to navigate because I feel like especially as guys, like I feel like it's hard for us to like share these emotions and express them. And I feel like it's also hard for guys to like show love to each other. Because I think, I feel like it's, like, very rare that guys, like, will compliment each other, like, genuinely. 
right? I feel like girls all the time, I guess I don't really know if it's like genuine, but I feel like girls are always like, oh my gosh, you look so cute today. Like, oh my gosh, like stuff like that, right? But I feel like guys never really do that. And it's like, it's always like as a joke or something, right? And so I feel like that's something that has made it hard for me because like you kind of just get tired sometimes, right? And it's just kind of like when life sucks, you know? And then like your friends are just roasting you all the time. It's just like kind of, it just kind of gets tiring, you know? I mean, I guess like for me, um, I mean, to be completely honest, I don't really generally have a problem with the way that guys interact. Um, I think there's a, I think you definitely do have to have some sort of tough skin whenever you're interacting with, especially the more like bro type of guys. Cause I know like my friend group, we just roast each other. Um, we just like making fun of each other, but at the end of the day, it's just banter to us and it's just a joke. And each one of us recognizes that it's just a joke. Um, now obviously like there is a line, right? You, you can't just like no filtered, just completely bash somebody and then just claim it as a joke. So there's definitely a line. And I think by now or at this age, a lot of guys should, and maybe they do, maybe they don't, but a lot of guys should at least have the emotional maturity to be able to tell that whenever you're, if you're having a bad time, then like you shouldn't go out of your way to make fun of somebody. Right. Or like Mm -hmm. to joke around with things that might be a little more on the sensitive side. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like for me, I kind of get what what Lawrence was saying, where it's like, maybe it's because I grew up in a family with like three older brothers, but it was like, I didn't really get a lot of opportunity to like share my emotions with like my friends or like, like even my family really, because to me it was like, a lot of my childhood was, oh, I have to be better than my brothers or like, like, you know, I have three older brothers as the youngest. I like need to like prove myself or show that I'm actually like, you know, worth something to my family or something. I don't know. I feel like for me, I don't think I ever really like spilled my heart out to like other guys until like probably like a year or two ago. Um, maybe maybe a couple years before that to like some of my youth group friends. But like I feel like there's just some notion where you like what kind of what Lawrence was saying for me is like you can't share weakness with other guys because it's like sometimes it just feels like those are the guys that you're competing against, even though they're your like friends. Right. And I think that was something that was really hard for me to recognize that, like, isn't true at all. <laughs> um, but I feel like that was just kind of the toxic, like, high school competitiveness that I grew up in. It was like, you have to be better than everyone in order to get what you want. Like, whether it's, like, you know, good college, good internship, like, good girlfriend even. like. And then I think with that, like, that's why you see, you see like, a, basically every guy that I've met is, like, more willing to spill their guts out to like a girl that they've like barely known rather than a guy that they've known their whole life mm-hmm. um and that's just because like oh like it's a girl like i can share my emotions with them because that's what they do right yeah but I think it's also like because yeah. girls are better at dealing with emotion and like i think even like sometimes when you're sharing like like deep and heavy stuff with guys i feel like sometimes guys don't really know how to react and they don't really know what to say right um so i, I think that's why it is sometimes easier to share with a girl. Yeah. And I think that like, like that's not bad. Right. But at the same time, it's like, I feel like a lot of times it's harder for you to get the kind of love and support that you need from, a, from necessarily from like a girl, because they'll give you more like encouraging words. Right. But 
I feel like some of the stuff they they haven't actually been through and that's why I feel like it's really important to have like a really deep like brotherhood um, of guys that you can just like rely on that's kind of my thoughts on that um, and I think what you were saying about like how um, it's changed the way I like perceive like love or something is I kind of get that like for me like I know my was it my love languages it's like words of affirmation and like acts of servitude are kind of at the top because it's like these are stuff that I was never like really given a lot I feel like because I was just expected like I was meeting a standard rather than doing well right so I never really gave myself credit where it was due what Andy's saying though like with the banter and stuff I feel like guy banter is so stupid but it's so fun like I love it um but I do I do feel like there are some people or there's a lot of times where like people can't read the room like um sometimes I have a hard time of doing that too um so sometimes that's why I feel like it takes a lot of effort to reach like a deeper level in a conversation that you'd want with guys um and I think it really takes a lot of like like mental fortitude to get to that point because it's like you'll be talking about something stupid or like sports or something and then all of a sudden someone asks like a really deep question and then everyone just goes silent for like a good like five minutes this is why girls say boys are so dumb (laughs) like literally (laughs) yeah that's true yeah i think uh from my experience with like toxic masculinity i think it's a lot based on like how like your parents and your like friends are and like mm-hmm. based on that and your personality it changes a lot so like for me uh my friends were all very supportive at all times and then like every once in a while we would like get a new friend who sometimes might like not be able to read the room sometimes and then like mm-hmm. at one point one of our friends was going through something and then like that new friend didn't know and he was constantly roasting that guy mm-hmm. and like afterwards like we'd like meet up again and he'd be like oh can we not invite him because like he kind of makes place like absolutely horrible every time so at one point we had like actually talked to that guy about like, yo, he's kind of going through some stuff. You might want like chillax. So I think having that conversation is really important because yeah. like I don't know, it's cliche, but communication is definitely key. Like otherwise, we probably would have lost that friend in the long term yeah. from that friend group just because you didn't know about it, rather than like him trying to hurt someone. Right. And, yeah. And the other thing is like, parent-wise, my dad is very traditional and grew up like his entire life. I think he's cried one time, like ever, and then like. Me, on the complete opposite side, cry from, like, the smallest things. <laughs> like, I swear, at one point every day, it's just nonstop. But then, like, because of that, me and him would conflict a lot. Mm. And then at one point, he was like, Joshua, if I see you cry one more time, it's like, that's the end. And then, like, I was, like, kind of like, what the heck? Okay, fine. So I just stopped, like, I tried to, like, just stop showing my emotions. But all that I ended up doing was just, like, storing, because those emotions don't just go away. Mm-hmm. They just ended up getting, like, stored more and more until one day, like, it erupted and then like i think i broke like i think i told you that i broke like a few holes in the wall or something mm. it was so dumb but yeah so i feel like there's like a fine balance between like never showing your emotions and then showing them too much yeah, yeah for sure yeah i think like going back to like your story about your friend i think um like even your friend saying like oh like can we not invite this person it makes me feel really bad all the time right i feel like even that is something that's really hard to say right but i think him being able to say that allowed you guys to know and allowed you guys to talk to that other guy right and i think that is something that's really hard to do and it takes like a really mature person to be able to say that right because like like you're saying like a lot of times if you just try to hold in your emotions like and just bottle it up right it just like gets way worse later on right and then you're just like always like suppressing things right and it's like really bad right and 
I think I definitely agree that I think your parents and your friends play a, a big role in the way that you see things, right? I think I think my dad is also pretty traditional. He's very like very like stoic, doesn't really say much. Like he's just like like a typical Asian dad, I feel like it's like hard to talk to him about like deep stuff and things like that. Um but I think lately like I can tell that he's like been trying more, which is like really cool to see. Like like a couple weeks ago, like I got into grad school and I like called my dad and then he was like telling me like he I remember him telling me that he was proud of me. And I, I was thinking about that, and I was like, I don't think many Asian dads will say that, you know? And I felt like that meant a lot. And, like, now he, like, we have, like, this group chat with with our family, and he'll say, like, even, like, little things. He'll, he'll like, like on, like, Sunday nights, he'll, like, he'll say, like, oh, have a good week, everyone, and things like that. And I feel like, like, he never used to say that. And, like, it used to always be really hard to talk to him about, about stuff like that. But I feel like, I don't know what happened, but I, I've been seeing him, like, try more. And it's, like, I think it's been really cool to see. But I think growing up, like, because I never really, I guess not even from my mom either, right? I feel like Asian parents don't really say, like, I love you or anything, right? So I feel like growing up, it, it was, like, always hard to, like, receive love. And that's why I feel like it's hard for me to, like, show love to people sometimes now, right? Because, like, in my family, I was never really, like, I guess, like, explicitly expressed love to me, right? So I'm, like, it's just, like, like, you know how, like, Asian parents, like, they'll, like, cut you some fruit and like give it to you yeah. right and that's like their form of love right so i feel like that's the way that that's like the only way i know how to show love right it's like doing nice things for people right but it's like it's like hard for me to like say nice things to people because it's like it feels like weird for me right because i never experienced that right do you think there's like a huge difference and i mean because we always talk about like our dads being like the traditional type of males right do you think it's a lot different now or like it's going to be a lot different when we grow up and we become like parents. Do you think that dynamic is going to change a lot? Because if everything's based off like kind of how we were raised, how we grew up by our parents. And then I feel like we all kind of saw how our parents raised us and we're like, okay, maybe we'll do things a little bit differently. Right. The, the millennial zoomer way. Right. And I feel like it's a lot different, a lot weirder, <laughs> funnier in a sense. But yeah, I mean, I think, I don't know. I don't know if this is just like something weird that I do, but I feel like there are things that I remember growing up and I was like, when I have a kid one day, I'm going to not do that. <laughs> and like, I just like, sometimes I, w- I would like think about these things. Right. And I think I would always be like, Oh, my parents did this and I want to do it differently. Or like, I want to treat my kids like this or whatever, whatever. Right. But I think that we're a lot more similar to our parents than we think we are. And I think I've gradually come to realize that. But I think even though, like, your parents do have a big influence on you, I think, like, we still, like, grow and change as people, right? And I think our own experiences shape who, who we are, too, right? And so I think, I feel like it'll be different. I feel like we, like, the world is changing, right? And so I feel like we have to we have to change along with the world and, like, with what society says and stuff. And so I feel like the next generation will be will be very different, right? And, like, the way that our generation raises kids, I think, will be different. I mean, it's hard to say for me, at least right now, because I think a lot of Asian kids, I mean, just like what y'all said, um, they don't feel like they experienced that much love growing up. And 
but the thing is, I feel like over time, a lot of these Asian kids will gradually come to realize that like their parents actually did love them a lot and their parents actually did sacrifice a lot for them. And so, I mean, I know Asian parents can be hard. Um, I mean, my dad was a little hard on me when I was growing up. Um, I specifically remember um, this time in like seventh grade where I was crying and then like he got like mad at me and I thought he was mad at me for something else. But the reason why he was mad at me was because I was crying and he was like, well, as a guy, like you shouldn't cry for this specific reason. Like at the, in the moment when your parents are hard on you, um, we tend to think that, oh, we're not going to treat our kids like this or our future kids. Um, but I think as like time goes on, you realize that what your parents did to you or how they treated you was like, even though it was hard, it was ultimately out of love and as a way to discipline you and to like teach you values um, and how to behave yourself. And I've been realizing that more and more. Um, and so I've come to really appreciate how my parents raised me and the things that they've done for me. Um, and so, I mean, like at this moment from like all I know, the only people who can make me cry are my parents. It's kind of weird, but is that a good thing? <laughs> I have no idea. It's just like, I don't, it's just cause like uh, they, they mean the most to you. So like, yeah, yeah. Like, mm -hmm. like, as you said earlier, when, um, your dad says like that he's proud of you, um, and that means a lot to you. Um, I, I mean, I feel the same way. And so, um, I mean, I've tried, like, I've literally like tried to watch like movies and I've like tried to cry. It's like a sad <laughs> movie. And I'm just trying to get a tear, but I just can't get a tear out. It's, it's like kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. I'm like trying to force out something, but it just mm -hmm. doesn't come. And then. Yeah. I think people are, are just different too. I feel like some people are more like emotionally. I don't know what the word is, but like, I guess like people are more like easily like swayed or, or get emotional more easily. I think than some people. And I, I think that's okay too. Right. I think it's just like, it's just like when you do feel emotional, like you should feel like able to express that. Right. Um, I think going back to what you're saying about your dad and like understanding that what they do is out of love. I think that's, that's like a really important thing to realize too. Cause like, I think like you, our parents grew up in like a really different time period, I guess. And like they grew up in really different contexts. Like a lot of our parents like, like immigrated and stuff. And so, um, I think being able to see where, where they came from and like how their life shaped them, I think that's really important too. Right. Cause, and like, and just like understanding like the way your parents are, I think like something my dad does is he'll like raise his voice when he's like, when he's like anxious about stuff, right. Or when he's like really in a rush or is like, like nervous about stuff, he'll like raise his voice and it sounds like he's mad, but it's just, it's just cause he's like, like he doesn't know what to do or like, he's like really anxious about something right i remember my mom always tells me this story about how like one time she was like i think she got in like a car accident or something or like she had a flat tire or something but she, she works like like 
an hour from my house. My dad was at work, and so he couldn't really do anything. Like he couldn't just leave his work, right? And so, she said it sounded like he was yelling at her on the phone, right? But it's just because he was really worried, right, that he couldn't do anything, right? And so, I think being able to understand like your parents like that and understand, like, like why they do things the way they do, like even like knowing that, even though it might might not sound like it, like that they're doing things out of love, right? I think that's really important. Going back to Zach's like original question about like whether we'll be the same as our parents, I think, I don't know. To be honest, my goal is to be like just half as good as my parents, just because I think about it a lot. It's like one of my biggest fears is investing like eighteen years into my kid, and them going to college and being like those kids are like, oh, I can't wait to leave this place and like mm-hmm. never go see my parents ever again. Yeah. Like if I ever hear those words, there's no way. But like I feel like, I don't know. I was. I always heard my parents say, like, this hurts you more than it hurts me. And I never believed that. I was always like, mm. that's just like, that's bull crap. You're saying <laughs> that just because you want me to, like, accept it and move on. But then, like, I think one day I realized that. And then I was like, wait, they're low-key right. Because I was like, I think my parents told me, like, try to like, help my sister with, like, her SAT or something. And then, like, on one hand, I wanted her. Because every time she would do SAT, she gets, like, really depressed. Like, me too. It's like, mm. what's the point of all this? And on one hand, I wanted her to do well on her SATs and stuff. But on the other hand, having to be the one to make her, like, sit down and study and then watch her get sad because of me hurt me so much. And I was like, shoot, maybe they were right about that. And I think the day I realized that, I was like, I'm kind of mature now. But, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, so I just hope to be as, hopefully, as good as my parents. But, yeah, I look, I look up to them for sure. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think raising kids is, like, the hardest thing ever to do because like there's so much you can't control there's so much that like you could do wrong right and it's like like most of it is like not up to you it's kind of like you just do your best and then like whatever happens happens you know and then you just pray that god makes them okay people you know yeah i think we're talking with we're talking with ethan in the car i remember one of the things that he said um that he enjoyed about I guess, like, books, but kind of just, like, you know, like, Caucasian, like, white people in general is, like, their family dynamic is, like, you can talk to your parents about anything. Like, Mm. their parents, a lot of them, their parents are, like, their best friends, right? And I feel like I really want to find a healthy, like, middle ground between, like, you know, strict Asian parents that, like, encourage you to always work hard and to make sure that you're, like, staying diligent with everything. But at the same time, maintaining like a really good relationship with your kids so that you can like provide them emotional support as well as like physical support. Um, because I think in general, like most kids just don't have an outlet for any of that. Right. And the people that are like closest to you, which are your parents, like you can't tell them anything. Because like I remember I did something stupid in middle school or something. I don't remember. And then I was like getting ready to tell my parents. But it took me a whole like two or three weeks just to like get the courage to like tell them it was something like that i did wrong and it wasn't like something really bad like cheating or anything it was just like something that i wanted to get off my chest and i wanted to tell them because like i've been talking to people about it and they're like oh you should just tell your parents it took me a good like two to three weeks to tell them and i thought i was like ready to get like you know like spanked or like you know yelled at or something for you know doing what wasn't up to their standards or something mm-hmm. um and they were like super understanding and i was like i did not expect this at all 
right? But at the same time, I still didn't end up telling them anything else other than that for like the next couple of years. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I think um, I kind of was one of those kids that was like, as soon as we get to college, I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not done with my parents, but you know, I'm I'm my own person now. I don't need to rely on them for anything or anything mm-hmm. anymore. I mean, I think just maybe like last year, just recently, I've started really like enjoying just like calling home every week and just like, you know, seeing what my parents are up to, just having people to tell like my life to just like share my life with, um, even though they're like further away from, from me now, like they still play a crucial role in my life and they're people that I would want to visit back home. I don't really know like how, I guess I don't really know what's best in terms of like the relationship dynamic. Like I don't, I think something my mom told me once is that like she doesn't think parents should be their kids best friends because she was like she's like because like you're not right like you're not like as speaking from a parent's perspective like you're not your kid's best friend you're your kid's like mom or dad right and i think that role is is like really important and of course you want your kid to be able to share like things with you and, and stuff but like ultimately like you're their you're their dad or you're their mom right you're you're not supposed to play the role of their best friend and i think um that's like really important to remember um because i think like even though like yeah maybe it's good if like some people are um like their their kids best friends or whatever but i think there are also like I don't know if this is racist, but I feel like there are also, like, white people who, like, will, like, cuss at their parents. Yeah. Or, like, like they don't have respect for their parents, right? And I think that's, like, also, like, really bad, right? Like, I think there's a, a certain level of, like, like friendship, right? But I think there also should be, like, your parents should, like, have authority over you, and you should respect them, right? Yeah, for sure. I think, like, when we say, like, best friend in the sense, it's more just so, like, um, be a parent that can be an outlet that can share in your emotions with your children, yeah. but not necessarily yeah. like on the same like level, right? Like what right. you mentioned, there has to be some level of respect or like some boundary in the sense. Um, but yeah, that, I think that's something good to like remember as well. Yeah, and I think going back to this idea of toxic masculinity, you have to sort of examine your friends or the people that you're closest with. If you can tell that they care for you and that they love you um and that even though like it might not seem like it but you can approach them if you have a problem and um they're willing to help you then um obviously that's like the right way to approach a relationship but if you can like if you have a friend and obviously you can tell that they don't really care for you um they just like hang out with you just to hang out with you, but you can't really, um, or they don't really care for your needs. You can't share anything with you or you can't share anything with them. Then you might have to find new friends <laughs> to, <laughs> to yeah. put it bluntly. Yeah. But at the same time, um, I think there is a degree of, I think as a man, you should be strong to a certain degree. Um, you should be, um, confident and you should be able to deal with your own, um, problems. 
to a certain extent, obviously, um, because it's not like we can handle everything on our own. But um, I think, especially as like God tells us, tells men to be the head of the household. He tells us to lead um, families and you can't do that if you're weak and completely dependent on somebody else. Mm -hmm. So I think as a man, there is a certain level of strength um, and even quite even dignity um, that you need to have. And there's a reason why girls like that in men, right? There's a reason why girls like strong men, girls like confident men, um, girls like men who can go out and do things and accomplish things on their own. And um, so like, yes, I do agree that men should be vulnerable. Um, God also tells us to be vulnerable with other people, right? So of course we should be vulnerable, but at the same time, um, you have to have some sort of um, strength and like, I want to say respect for yourself, but not entirely that um, to just be able to like deal with the day-to-day life. Yeah. I, I think I definitely agree. I think um, you can like express like your emotions and like when you feel weak, like being able to express that. Right. But I think you should also like be able to be like a, functioning human being right like you should be able to take care of yourself you should be able to like be independent and like do things on your own when you need to right like like i definitely agree like you can't just be someone that's like like a pushover and like like you just do it whatever everyone else tells you to do right like you you still do have to like i think god tells us like to god tells men to like lead in the relationship right so you you have to be a leader right if you want to like be the head of a family right like you have to there are certain responsibilities with that that you have to be able to take on right so i definitely agree like there are aspects to where you have to have your own strength and your own confidence in yourself right um so i think that's a really good point that like like we shouldn't go like on either extreme you know you have to have a balance of like being able to express your vulnerability but also being able to like take care of yourself and be confident right yeah on that note like me and Lawrence went through Titus together um, for discipleship. Um, and one of the things that I was talking about was kind of like sort of like the roles of like, you know, men and women um, in like life and as well as like in the church. Um, and just Titus 2, 6 really says it says similarly, encourage the young men to be self-controlled and everything set them um, an example by doing what is good. I mean, your teaching show integrity, seriousness, and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned, um, right? And it's kind of like what y'all are saying, like, there does have to be a level of, like, maturity, a level of, like, um, at least for appearances' sake, like, set an example for others, how you want them to be in the future, right? Because, like, we, like we've like kind of established, like, your parents set a big example for what, like, you'll be like later in the future, um, and I think, like, even though some parts of it can be kind of, I guess, toxic in the sense, um, right, there is a need for us to, like, I guess, appear strong, um, but at the same time, you can't let that get, like, corrupt your mind and have that be the only thing that you're thinking about, right? And I think something that's hard for us is, like, you know, just talking about this sort of stuff, holding each other accountable as, like, guys to be like oh yeah, yeah i think this was good 
right but at the same time i think you know this part that this thing that you did is kind of you know toxic could lead to something really bad right yeah for sure i think it's really important to have people have especially guys in your life to like hold you accountable to things right and like make sure you're like making the right decisions and like doing the right thing right because i think i feel like nowadays like there's always like you see in the news like celebrities with like all these like sexual harassment cases or like all this stuff right and all these like scandals and stuff and i think that's like another extreme right it's like they think that they have like all all the power and they're like superior and things like that right and and there's no one to hold them accountable right so i think you need to have those people in your life to like call you out when you when you're doing stupid things call you out when you're like messing up on things right but they're also there to support you when you like feel down right so i think like i think andy mentioned it before like you we can't do everything on our own right um even though like we should be able to like at, at least kind of figure out some of our problems right like we're not gonna be able to figure it all out right all on our own so i think that's really important okay i just want to go back to a point that zach made um i just kind of want to clarify it when zach said something about appearing strong because i don't necessarily think you should or as guys that we should try and act strong to appear to others as if we're strong when i say that men should be strong i say it more from um a disciplined point of view because to be honest like i don't really care what other people think um if you think i'm weak if you think i'm strong if you think i'm an alpha or beta male i could like i could care less to be completely honest but like i think men should have um the reason why men should want to be strong is because it shows discipline or that like um it helps you be mentally prepared for um, a lot of other battles you may face in life and so I don't think you should approach it from I want to like gain respect from other people or I want people to um, be like scared of me I think that's like pretty pretty dumb mm-hmm. but but like I think it should come mostly from like yourself rather than doing it for other people does that make sense yeah for sure and y'all can i mean y'all can like disagree if you want I no, mean, no, but yeah. that's just like my view on it yeah i agree i think i think the way zach was saying it correct me if i'm wrong but i think he was saying more of like setting an example for people right and like yeah. leading by example and i think i think in this case like being strong i guess like i, I feel like appearance appearing strong maybe is not the best way to put it but i I think um in this case strong is not like like having big muscles or like being like 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 cool or whatever right it's like i feel like being strong in in the sense of like in the sense of like being a leader and like being disciplined like you're saying and like um like making good decisions and like doing what's right even when it's hard right i think that's what is like the Bible's version of strong, right? It's not necessarily like physical strength, right? It's like being able to like make decisions when you need to, right? Make hard decisions, but like do the right thing, right? I think things like that. And like, those are things that like come with discipline, right? They're not things that like 
you're born with or it's like your personality right it's like choices that you make and like and like training yourself and like becoming a better person right and i think those are the types of things that you should show to people and you should set an example but it's not like you're like purposely trying to show off that that you're cool or purposely trying to show off right i think zach was just meaning like i think in the context of the passage it was like like if you're like an elder in the church or like a leader in the church, right? You should like have these characteristics to like show the younger generation, like this is what it's like to be a leader in the church, right? This is what being a Christian looks like, right? And it's like, like modeling this character instead of like, just like trying to like portray it or like act like it, right? Yeah, I think when I say strong, it's kind of, I guess pertaining to the passage is more like self-controlled is what I was trying to say. Yes, there's no need to, like, appear strong at all times, right? But, like, what Lawrence was saying, sometimes, like, you do need to set an example um, for other people. And it's it's more about knowing when is the right time to be vulnerable, right? Like, if you're in the middle of service and all of a sudden you start, like, bawling your eyes out, like, you know, people are going to be like, oh, um, yikes. <laughs> um, but I don't know. For, for me, I've spent a lot of my life, like, struggling with, like, what do I do for appearances sake for like what people think about me? And then what do I do for like myself? Um, and I feel like a lot of times it's like the toxic masculinity part is like trying to be strong for yourself, right? Trying to be strong to like save face in front of everyone else. Um, but it's more of a, I want to be self-controlled. I want to be like a faithful, good Christian um, to kind of, I guess, um, I guess, like, set an example for other people, but at the same time, you know, to set an example of, like, what Christians are, I guess. Um, yeah, that's kind of more what I was saying, but, yeah, thank you for correcting me on that, Andy. I think that is something that gets really, like, misunderstood right now in society. Yeah, and I think um, the thing that I wanted to kind of point out was it's important to, like, stay true to your feelings or to recognize your feelings, right? Um, and when I say like what I meant, I guess what I should have said was um, like if you're feeling like bad, right? Or if you're feeling sad um, in any way, you shouldn't try and like play it off as if you're not sad because then you'd, yeah. you'd just be lying to yourself. Um, it's not productive, nor is it healthy in any way. Um, so I think being able to one, recognize it recognize that you're feeling a certain way and then doing something about it i think that's where um the idea of like strength or like maturity comes from right because um if i am feeling down if i am feeling sad um then i can either like let it affect everything from the way um i treat myself to the way i treat other people and to the way i even like greet some like a random person on the street right um or i can just choose to be like hey like i know i'm feeling this way um i know it sucks but i'm gonna push through it because like this is what should be done and this is what's gonna like make me better down the road um i think that's more of what like it means to like be strong or like to appear strong because at the end of the day, you don't want to lie to yourself, right? 
um, and you don't want to ignore problems or emotions that you have um, because I mean that's just the reality of it right so just being able to come to terms with that and to be able to deal with that um, I think that's where discipline self-control and strength comes from yeah for sure I think um, like whenever I, I remember one time I was like really sad about something I don't really remember but something someone told me is that like to like like feel all the emotions that you're feeling and like and kind of like experience it and like accept it right don't try to like push it away or like hide it like you have to like embrace it all so that you can move on from it right i think if you try to like hide or hide from your feelings or you try to suppress it or, or like you're saying like lie to yourself right i think that just becomes like unresolved like trauma in the past and then it just like it just like stays there and you never fully get over it right and so i think you have to be able to like like feel the emotions you're feeling and like only then can you like move on from it right um my question is kind of like so we've recognized that it's good to like recognize your emotions and then act on them rather than just hiding them ignoring them but what do y'all think is like the best way to act on them in that sense like who are people to go to like like what do you do with those rather than just like telling the first person you see on the street you know um firstly it depends on how you like process things right i think some people like process by like talking to people some people process like internally or they like can like journal and stuff and i think that's really good um but honestly i think the person i go to the most is mathen because like he's like my discipler and so um it's just like i think you you go to anybody that you trust a lot and that um i think a lot of times it helps if they're like older because they have like experience to give you and like wisdom to tell you um but i think that's why something like discipleship or like accountability is really important because you always have those people that you know you can you can call up at any time or like you know will be there for you when you're like going through things and need someone to talk to right so i think making sure you have those people around you and like like Andy was saying like maybe they don't always express that to you maybe y'all are like joking around most of the time but like when the time comes like when you need them like you need people that you know will be there for you right yeah so i feel like I feel like our guys episode got a lot deeper than the girls episode. <laughs> let's go. I feel like they just talked about like boba orders or something. Hey, let's stupid. go. <laughs> but um, yeah. So we got really deep. I feel like we could talk about some some lighter topics. Um, Red flags. <laughs> <laughs> we no, could talk about that. Uh, we could talk about the topic everyone wants to talk about. Let's talk about dating. Um, I guess Zach, you can start. I feel like that makes the most sense, right? You can I, talk about. I think we go the sandwich method. What's we this? start with a, you know, a non. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> just whatever you want to talk about. You can just say dating. Like. Okay, what is? I think dating is good. <laughs> okay, um, I think they talked about like, like feeling pressured to date. So okay, talk about. You can talk about like if you feel pressure to date and like whether or not you've been like like looking or like if you feel like you need to look or like whatever nah hit me up all right <laughs> 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 no i'm just kidding no i think uh this one like kind of like really like talks to me because like 
as context of a bachelor, 18 years of my life, never dated. But, like, because it's been 18 years I've never dated, looking around and seeing, like, all my best friends, like, have, like, two-year-long relationships or, like, seeing, like, people I'm really close with date in college and stuff all around me. He just glared at that. It's, like, I do feel a lot of pressure sometimes today. And, like, it really, because, like, the first semester, there were, like, certain people that were, like, not pressuring me, but, like, inciting things. And then at some point, it led to me, like, having emotions for, like, the idea of a relationship instead of, like, the mm. actual relationship. Yeah. And, like, for, like, two months, I was, like, really conflicted about, like, what I was actually feeling. And I was, like, really confused about if I liked a person or if, like, I liked the idea of just dating because I never dated before. Mm. And then one day, I think I was talking to my friend, and I realized that out of nowhere. I was like, oh, frick. This is not good. And then, like, I, like, kind of had, like, talked to them. Like, let's just chillax. And then, like, let me figure some stuff out. And then we can we can figure that out when I figure myself out. Mm. Yeah. So, I don't feel like there's a lot of pressure, especially in college, because so many people, like, have that freedom now. And, like, they're always around other people. So, it's so much easier to date. Yeah. But I definitely feel like the pressure is, like, not a problem, per se. But, like, definitely, think, uh, definitely something that's, like, present, especially in college. Yeah, for sure. I agree. I think... Um, I think I've definitely had times when I was more um, I was more caught up in the idea of dating rather than the person. And so I think that's something that's really easy to fall into, especially like you're saying, like if like all, the, all your friends around you are dating and things like that, right? And I think, I guess for me, it's like there's like senior scramble, right? It's like... <laughs> It's, like, my last semester slash year here, right? And, like, everyone says, like, dating after college is, like, so much harder, mm-hmm. you know, because, like, like you're saying, you're not around people all the time. Yeah. And, like, you only see people, like, at work yeah. or, like, church or, like, if you go to the bars or something, <laughs> right? So it's like, it's, like, a lot harder to, like, meet people and things like that. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's just, like, like, pressure, but, but like... I don't know. It's not something you want to rush into or, or do just, like, just like because you have to or, like, because you should, you know? Yeah, I definitely feel like there is a lot of pressure for, like, especially, like, dudes in college. Because, like you were saying, it's, like, it's a lot harder after you graduate. Um, and I feel like it gives a lot of guys, like, a ton of anxiety. I know, like, what was it, like, a, like a year or two ago, um, I remember feeling, like, a lot of anxiety about dating for kind of, like, no reason at all. Um, I just remember telling Alex too much and Alex got tired of it, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, sorry, sorry, Alex, if you're listening to this, um, but yeah, I think it's like, there's a lot, um, that you have to like think about before you start dating. Like, it's not just like, it's not like you have a friend that's closer to you that you could like cuddle or something with, right? It's a lot more than that. It's like you're sharing the burden of someone else now, right? Um, and I feel like in order to, like, share someone else's burden, you you have to be able to, like, be independent yourself. You have to be mature in your own ways as well, right? Um, and I think another thing is, like, I feel like a lot of guys, it's like your only expectation for a girlfriend is that she's, like, cute or something, right? Like, I feel like... <laughs> it's Word. Like, it's, like, <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, cute... Like nice, like funny, and that's about <laughs> it. Like that's that's, that's all the big you need. Three, that's all you need. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's also like, I mean, I feel like the goal 
in the end is to find someone that you can grow with right someone that um you can grow together as like christians right and i feel like do you think Karis really said that exact same thing yeah oh. she kind of copied me so oh facts, yeah, facts. Like, i was i was the one that said it first um but yeah i think that's something really important and i feel like if you don't have those like intentions like starting out like you don't explicitly state that and saying like you know setting up some sort of boundary or expectation then you know stuff gets a little muddy later on um i've dated like a non-christian before and i can tell you like it's completely different than dating like a, a strong christian woman that's like rooted in god um like way different <laughs> um and yeah i think it's just like all these like things that like pressure you or make you like feel anxious or worried it like kind of forces you into that thinking of oh i'll take any girl right and i feel like most guys like low-key guys y'all y'all got shots with a ton of girls right <laughs> y'all are all so <laughs> handsome right such funny dudes oh, <laughs> but i feel like there's just such a standard like from like movies now where like like abbs with like super weird perms or whatever like there's just that expectation that gives everyone anxiety and stuff like imagine getting a perm for a girl bro like oh my gosh yeah that's kind of embarrassing <laughs> i know right <laughs> two out of four of us yeah but i agree i think um there's definitely more to it than than them just being cute and funny and nice right i think i remember hearing a sermon once um and the pastor was saying like how I forget exactly what happened. I think it was like within like the span of a couple of days, like all this stuff happened to him and his wife. Like they like almost had a miscarriage and like um, something happened in their family and it was like really bad. And, like someone passed away and like it was just like, like a really terrible time. Um, but he was saying that how like he and his wife like supported each other through it. And, like, um, and he was saying, like, that's the type of woman you should look for, right? It's someone who, um, who is strong, who will support you through the difficult times. And, like, I remember him saying, like, it's, like, you're, like, essentially, like, like, life is, is, like, hard. And, like, all this stuff will happen. And then he said, like, essentially, it's, like, you're, you're picking someone to go to war with, right? It's not just it's not just like some cute girl that that you like string along with you right it's like like life is going to be hard and you want someone who who will like stick with you and who will like be able to support you through it all right and and like and you have to be someone that will support them through it all too right and so um it's like this is like i remember someone else saying like choosing who you marry is like the second most important decision in your life right it's like it's like your like f like first most important is like your relationship with god and then second most important is your relationship with the person that you'll spend like most of your life with right so it's not like like it's not something that it's just like whatever like whatever cute girl comes along like that's who i'm picking right it's like there's a, there needs to be a lot that goes into it you know and i think as christians um if we want to approach dating in um in a godly way i think we really have to look at why we want to jump into a relationship or why we want to jump into dating um and i mean i don't mean to pick on girls but <laughs> like i just 
I've probably seen this more from girls than I have guys, but all these Christian girls will say, oh, I just want to date a Christian guy, right? I just want a godly man. That is a load of crap, okay? <laughs> like, sure, they're they're Christian. Like, yes, I believe they're Christian. Um, but their real motivation, and, like, you can tell from their actions, or, like, at least from, like, what I get from them, is that they really just want to date because, A, it's fun, or, B, they want some sort of approval or validation mm-hmm. from a guy, especially. Um, or, like, some other shallow reason that is not, like, I guess, biblically correct. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But then they'll mask it behind this reason, or they'll mask it behind them saying, I just want a godly man. Um, and so, like, if I think you really have to do some dating and you truly have to find out, like, why do I desire a relationship? Why do I want, like, a partner? And if it is to, like, say, have fun, then the minute hardships come your way or the minute it stops being fun, then you're just going to dip out of the relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Or um, if you like need validation from somebody um they can't always give you that they can't always give what you seek and if you like have that dependency if you force someone to carry that burden then things are just not going to work out so i think you really have to like look at yourself and like really ask yourself like why do i want this like is Mm -hmm. what i say i want truly what i want or am I just trying to say it to hide the fact that I actually want something else instead? Yeah, for sure. I think you definitely need to make sure you are in a, a good spot to date and like you're ready to date and things like that. Um, but I guess like you're saying like their motivations are like to have fun or like get approval, right? So then what is like the, the correct reason to wanting to date? What do y'all think? Well, I think like obviously like dating is fun right like yeah um, it should be yeah like god gives us these things um for us to uh, like enjoy somewhat right somewhat (laughs) (laughs) anyways um but yeah so like i'm not saying that these are bad things but i think um there's a level of commitment that you have to um understand and there's a lot of sacrifice that you're going to have to put into when you enter a relationship and like you have to be willing to take on all that um when you start dating like i think in order to start dating there's really not that many requirements um i've like told a lot of people this but like for me dating only comes down to like three things um one like do they have the correct values that you share right um because obviously this is correct right we want we want some good christian woman out here right um (laughs) but but yeah obviously you want someone who shares the same personal values as you two you want someone who you think will be a good mother or i guess if you're a girl um, a good father to your children because to me 
the end goal of marriage is ultimately to have children, right? The reason why God created marriage was to create an environment where um, a mother and a father can raise kids. And so, yeah, second requirement, if they will raise your kids well. And then third requirement, you actually enjoy spending time with them and you can spend time with them for a long time. Because at the end of the day, dating and ultimately marriage is just you hanging out with your wife or your spouse, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you can't see yourself hanging out with them for long periods of time, then how do you expect to live with them in the future, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But these are actually like, I don't think they're that hard to fulfill um, in order to start dating. But I think the harder part is, are you yourself ready for dating, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, I think I agree with your your three things. I think going back to what you're saying about the ultimate purpose for marriage, I feel like it's not necessarily just to have kids. Because I think the Bible says children are God's gift, right? And so I think He can choose to give you the gift or not. Right. I don't think that necessarily means that's like the only purpose for marriage. I think he also talks about how like I think marriage is really important because it's like in a way it's like a reflection of the gospel kind of because it's like husbands should love their wives as Christ loved the church. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like a marriage is, I guess, an expression of God's love, an expression of like the way he loves us right and so i think that's another really big part of marriage um it's like that's why like when you get married you know like have to be ordained by like a priest and it's like a it's like a kind of like a religious thing right um and so i think in in some way it's like a reflection of god's love and so i think that's a an important key too yeah no i agree um i'm not saying childbearing is the only objective for marriage but at least to me i think it is um the primary reason because you say that um a man should love his wife wait say the quote again yeah a man should love his wife the way christ loved the church right and i think it's important for men to do that or to learn that so then they can also use the love or they can learn how to love their children eventually does that make sense yeah i think definitely like you like when you're looking for someone to date like definitely like you you want to see if they would be a good mother or father for your children right i think that's definitely something you should look for i just don't know if that's the primary reason for marriage yeah i don't i don't think that it should be like I feel like it's a really good indicator to tell if like if it's a good person right because you want a wife or or a husband that's going to nurture and love you the way that they would like love or raise children right so i feel like it's a good indicator i don't necessarily think it's a requirement for you know all married couples to have children right i mean like there's stuff that happened biologically that we're like it's not possible right um but i think instead of just saying like having kids right i feel like it should just be like is this a relationship where we will bear good fruit in general right like fruit for the church um fruit for children right um and i think you know 
feel like children isn't necessarily like the requirement for everyone i feel like it is a it is a goal that most people will have or like you know yeah for sure but also i think like the the kids thing i think generally girls want or like girls think about kids more than guys think about kids so that i've actually heard the opposite I, think, I feel like there are a lot of girls that don't want kids i think i've talked to like a good like six or seven girls that are like decently close to me and my family and i think none of them want kids it's like i feel like it's a big change nowadays because it's like bearing like giving birth is so hard dude like nine months of pregnancy yeah like, and it's like apparently like the most pain you'll ever feel yeah. they have like simulators for it I'm not Bro, doing I that. Die. I would just <laughs> die, dude. Oh my gosh. Uh, that's interesting. Because a lot of the girls I've talked to are like, you'll ask them about, like, or they'll ask you, like, hey, like, how many kids do you want? Like, <laughs> do you know, like, what you like, or when you want kids? And then mm. all of us, when I ask my guy friends, or like, whenever I see them answer that question, it's just like, uh, I haven't even thought that far in the future, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I have no idea. But like, it seems like girls generally like think about it before guys, but mm-hmm. I could be wrong. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Okay, let's do some. Let's do some red flags. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jason's going Jason first. Jason said his last time. Yeah. Red flag: s- astrology girls. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that crystal girls. Um. I don't know. No actual red flag. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the same place I was two weeks ago. I got ago. you. I got you. I got you. Um, pick me girls. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Huge red flag. Okay. Anytime a girl tells you, I only have guy friends, or, oh, shoot, now it looks like I'm calling people out. But, <laughs> but, but, oh, no. but, no, any anytime a girl says, like, oh, like, I don't like hanging with guys or with girls. Guys are just so much easier to talk to. Mm-hmm. Run, okay? <laughs> like, don't even, don't even give her a second chance. Just run. <laughs> That's a good one. That's true. I agree with that. And I can explain why, all right? If this girl has a lot of problems with other girls, there's a reason why she has a lot of problems with other girls. If, like, if she can't, because, like, generally guys are, like, easier to get along because a lot of the times, like, we just don't, like, care or, like, think about a lot of things that girls do, right? right? So, like, now, if you can't get along with guys or girls, that's an even bigger <laughs> But, like, if you can't get along with girls that well, there's a reason why. And generally, it's not a good reason. So, pick me girls. Like, I agree. Um, Mine? I don't know. This is more of, like, a pet peeve. But, like, if they, like, if they, like, change around different people, like, different groups of people, like, if they're different with you than they are with, like, their friends or, like, their family or whatever i i think it's i think that's a red flag because it's like they're not genuine they're not true to who they are right because they will like change who they are to like fit whatever atmosphere they're in right and that doesn't mean like they they can like get along with different people or whatever it's just like if you can like tell that there's a difference like i feel like that's bad i promise i was not calling you on anyone out earlier (laughs) i just wanted to state something no like i really wasn't i'm just like yeah. saying like no, just I as agree, a general yeah. thing i agree yeah and i think for my red flag it'd definitely be someone who doesn't get along with their own family or with my family yeah, yeah, yeah because one of the biggest things to me is family 
And if I have to spend time with you and my family like separately all the time, mm-hmm. that's going to take a very big toll on me. And then it's also kind of a red flag because I want to have a family when I grow up. And if, if you can't like get along with your own family, how are you going to be able to like support our family in the future? So mm-hmm. like that's yeah. definitely really important to me. Yeah. I feel like someone that's not willing to change themselves for their relationship is kind of a red flag. Or it's like, if you have to be the one to conform to them all the time, right? Because obviously two people are going to be different in some aspects, right? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like it's mostly based off the way that you're raised, like with your family. Um, but it's like, if you're not willing to try to change something that's like, you know, something that's like, I think the one for me and Karis, it's like that Karis is trying to get me to change is like sometimes the way that I speak is like demeaning in a sense or like lecturing. Um, and that's because I get that from like my parents, right? I, I reflect that sort of, um, I guess, attitude towards someone that I'm like trying to help or like give solutions to, but it just comes out as like being demeaning in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um right that's something that's like it's natural to me right i would say that like it's part of like who i am and the stuff that i was raised to do right but if i was unwilling to change that just because it's hard then i think that's a huge red flag it's right like it's like like a relationship in the end is just like better than a compromise right it has to be something that both parties are willing to do for the rest of your lives and if you can't change one little issue then what happens when your life circumstances change what happens when you lose your job right that's a massive change and you know what if they just leave you after that you know yeah for sure i think you definitely have to be willing to adapt and like um yeah like compromise and stuff but i also don't think you should like change like your whole personality for them well, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah so I, I i know that's not what you meant i'm just like clarifying for anyone listening i guess don't like like you have you still have to be yourself right like if you're spending like however like 50 60 years with this person right like you can't you can't be fake for 60 for 60 years right you're gonna be living with this person right and so if they don't like you for like who you actually are then like find someone else right so like but you have to be yourself okay big big key it's like know the difference between what are my habits and what is my personality yeah yeah. right if they're telling me to stop making jokes like your mom jokes (laughs) like no way (laughs) (laughs) not happening but deal breaker okay yeah but um yeah i think that's a good place to wrap up um Thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, follow us at offcampus underscore podcast. DM us if you want to um, be on the show, if you have any ideas um, or anything like that. Um, so thanks for listening. We'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye. See ya. <laughs>